Max White, everyone. See something funny. It wasn't funny! I guess I'll just call it Max White Presents. I guess it's decent. Yeah, Max White Presents will work. Swallow that water. Hey, we're here. We're live. We're at a Tenor Trap, Greenpoint, Brooklyn. Uh, Max White Presents. We have a very special guest. One of my favorite comics, Albert Kirshner. How's Hell it going, yeah. buddy? What's it's up, man? good, man. I'm doing good. Thanks for coming by today. Yeah, Did, thanks for having me. You said you'd just been to Tenor Trap for the first time recently? Yeah. Yeah, this is great. Yeah. It's, really, it's a cool um, menu, man. I could also see, though, if you're trying to do like a weekly and you had some rough weeks, how it would be brutal. <laughs> it gets, huge. I mean, you can definitely see the ups and downs. But like last night at Bushwick Bears, so they, they do a weekly here. And it's like, you know, sometimes the crowds are good, sometimes they're not. But Last night was like, I mean, it was decent, but like, you know, Anthony DeVito came and closed it out, and you're like, oh, dude, just rip. So it's just, yeah, uh, he's a machine. It's so good. Incredible. He was really funny. He got on and he was like, because uh, I guess he was going to do like a half hour originally, and then he's like, I would never do that to you guys. I think he'd like 15, but it's really good. <laughs> Uh, big um, major shout out to Graham and Jericho who run Bushwick Bears. Have you done yeah. that show before? No, I haven't. I gotta oh, check the best. it out sometime. Yeah, um, definitely. So they do it on Saturdays. Sundays. Sundays. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I'm dumb. Okay. It's just it's just cool to see whenever like a music venue yeah. actually gives comedy a weekend night. I know, and they do um, well yeah, that's pretty rare when they do the, the Saturday for that um for the for the one liner thing. Yeah. Uh, I think there's another Saturday one here. There's always new stuff. They do like backyard wrestling in here really yeah Hell like yeah. crazy art installations um like bike messenger parties there's some dudes in seattle who do something called uh, pencil fighting whoa what's that and what it is is it's wrestling like the characters and all of like the essentially sketches yeah um but the actual wrestling part is like this thing where you hold one person holds a pencil long ways and then the other one tries to break it with his pencil and that's just like the rules of the thing. That it's sounds a, awesome. Yeah, the whole thing is that you're wrestling characters. I people, love that it's idea. It's a fucking blast. People yeah. just come out and pack it in for it. Yeah, and everyone's getting trashed. Wow. All the people usually like someone gets too drunk and then just loses it. <laughs> Sometimes they just get too into the actual pencil fighting part, yeah. and you're like, "This isn't really about this. Come on." Now that's in Seattle, right? Yeah. Now are you from Seattle originally? No, I moved there when I graduated high school. Where are you from originally? Uh, Pennsylvania. What part? Uh, the Northwest, deep in the woods. Damn. Yeah. Rural. Yeah, yeah. That Mountain Dew, a lot of Mountain Dew. Where are oh, you from? God bless him. Oh, we actually have a, this, so here's like the history of my area. Okay. Um, during like the steel boom, uh, everyone was, it was getting real fucked up from breathing and all the coal smoke. Yeah. So people would come up to my area, it's about two hours north of Pittsburgh, to like vacation and drink ginger ale to get better. <laughs> so there was these incredibly huge, lavish resorts in the woods like crazy stone walkways in the sky wow all these like multiple buildings they're like mansions and mansions and then a bunch of them burned down uh we had one i think one in my area left that they like you can go and like get married and stuff there that's like um, it you gotta go drink ginger insane. ale and get away from the mines yeah so like maybe 100 yards from where i went the house i grew up in is a giant soda bottling plant that used to make their own soda and they like they were loaded with the whole ginger ale thing and yeah and now they just bottle water for some international company but damn that's wild yeah we're hard in the ginger ale go hard on the drill there's yeah. a like kentucky nearby there they have their own ginger ale too called ale eight yeah and it's uh it's uh it's a very acquired taste i can't drink it but the people <laughs> down there like the like where it's from is this place called slade kentucky mm -hmm. and they like they eat dirt like it's real gnarly like, like you go to the store and i went there when i was like 15 the first time because i was on it climbing and they, they went uh I bought something at the gas station and she was like, two not And I was like, what? And she's like, two not And I was like, what? Man, I'm sorry. I don't know what you're saying. And my cousin was with me and she's like, turns their cash register on the met and then like points at it and it was two dollars and 19 cents but yeah. i couldn't understand i felt like such a douchebag i was like uh so what brought you to seattle then originally um, you going to seattle 
My older brother, like his buddies were in bands and stuff. Okay. And they moved out there. So I always kept hearing about how cool Seattle was. Yeah. Um, and then my friends and I just went to shows all the time on weekends. Okay. So like one day, I remember it was in a, at an Applebee's when we were like 16. We would always go for half off apps. Nice. That's where we hung out. Love Applebee's. Drink chugging Mountain Dew. Yes. And just talking about whatever our life was at the time. And we were, three of us were talking about like where we would go if we left here. And Seattle popped up. Everyone got really excited. And then I was, like, the only one who was, like, I'm actually – I think I'm going to go do it. Yeah. It's funny how that happens. Like, you know, you, everyone gets revved up. And then when you're the first one that goes – I was in a similar situation when I first, like, moved away. And you're just like, wait, I thought this was a teen <laughs> But it's kind of liberating, too, though. It is. You're yeah. not attached to anything. You yeah. get to start as a new yeah. person. Yeah. Um, you, you ever meet people that, like, reinvent themselves? Have you ever seen that? Like, firsthand? No. I just watched that Grizzly Man documentary. Have you oh, seen really? that? Mm-mm. Oh my god, it's this crazy dude that gets he ends up getting eaten by grizzlies. Yeah, spoiler. Because he hangs have, out with them all the time. Yeah, right? have you heard about this though? I've heard, like, yeah. but they found out that like in the documentary, they go back and like you know when, after he was dead, they found like he had a mirror and combs and all of his jackets. And then they also found out when he lived in LA for like two years, he had an Australian accent. He told everybody he's Australian. <laughs> That's the next level. That's the full on reinvention. That's wild. What? Uh, so this is kind of funny because I went to go to uh, I went for a comedy in Seattle. I think in April I was there, and I was doing. I've only been in New York at that point, but for four months. And then I was at this place called Jai Tide doing an open mic. Uh, in between the other shows, and I look up, and there's your face on the Hall of uh, Hall of Fame. Yeah, baby, I'm famous. A giant shot. That's pretty cool. I think I, that was like the first time I think we actually directly corresponded because I think I sent you a photo. Yeah, yeah I, I remember like, that. I know this great. guy. This um, that cool. was fun. They gave me that the same night. They fired me from hosting. Not <laughs> uh, fired, moved on. I don't know. It seemed amicable. Well, I don't know. I was kind of like not... What's respecting a, the position as much as I, I was just getting shit housed and making open mics and shows last an extra hour longer than they needed to. Uh, oh, that's funny. Yeah, man. That I was happens. a kid when I started stand up. I didn't know anything. And all these fucking weird old men that run these rooms, everyone that runs a comedy room, no matter how nice they are, is a fucking weirdo. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's true. There's always real. And like the rules, too. No matter like, how good they are at their job, they're I just come, like, some, there's always. For some reason, everyone's always obsessed with making boys like their stable of boys. And it was so like every older comic was trying to be our dad. Every producer was trying to be our like dad. It was so fucking weird. And I remember like where I had I, no idea what we were doing. I came like where I come from in Michigan, like great scene, love people there. They're all awesome. Uh, but I came here and I moved here with lots of rules in my head that turn out aren't real. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> and you hold yourself and then you're like, well, for instance, like where I'm from. At like the big club, like there's the host does not talk in between. You do your your sets up front, yeah. And then it goes, you know, feature. If there's a guest spot, guest spot feature, then headliner. It took me uh, a while to learn, like, oh, it's you got to be able to call an audible. Like 100%. If, if someone eats it or yeah. someone says something horrific and the crowd wants to leave, like it's it's on you to set it right for the next person. Definitely, um, yeah. And it's weird to be like, but where I'm from is like, oh, that boat's moving, or you know, zero crowd work. Host can't yeah. do crowd work. Don't do crowd work. You'll piss the headliner out. Here, when you see a good host, you're just like, oh, my God. Like, if you see um that Will Savant's guy at the cellar host or Aaron Berg at the stand. Yeah, I like, want to go see that show. Dude, Frantic yeah. is so good. Hell he yeah. destroys every time he goes in there. And, like, I've heard him, like, talk. He's like, I got I to gotta clean my shit up for TV. But he's just so... I don't know. He, he's he was like, the guy who got, like, the so many sets in a night or something. Was he that had, him or Mike Lawrence? Um, he Aaron has one record. Did he? For, okay. I don't know what it is. Uh, it might not be that specific one, but he yeah. has one of those obscene like 
I want to make comedy in the Guinness Book of World Records. Damn, that's dope. Yeah, yeah he's, that dude's a machine. And then, like, because I didn't know anything about him. It was before I moved here. And yeah. I looked at it and I saw the picture of him. I was like, yeah, you look like a dude shooting for those records. Yeah, so well, it's weird. It's like a bag of muscles. Yeah, he's ripped. Do you know Alex Pavone? I met him, like, ages ago. He's, another Cana- he's a Canadian Facebook. comic along with Aaron Berg. But he was telling me, he's like, yeah, like, when I first started, like, Aaron Berg was clean. He's like a clean comic. Really? And now he's just, I mean, that guy, like, but he's, it's that New York thing, man. When you see a good host, when you see it work, it's just. Yeah, so like I did not appreciate the position at all at the Jai Tai. Yeah. And then I got here and realized, like, oh, I can fucking host. And that's all because of them. I hosted yeah. so much there for like two years. And that and like the comedy club I worked at, that was, man, they really like whipped into shape. Yeah. That's how I, I got so lucky great. with that because the guys that uh, Dr. Grins were just like, I mean, very, when you're new, it's better to have more rules than less, I think, at least for me. Yeah. 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 Cause you're just, you know, like I'm a natural talker. And but like, also like all these freaking people take their rules from like podcasts from headliners. Oh, like, yeah. Dude, I'm not even going to write for a week. I'm just going to see what it's like when my brain works. You're yeah. Like, oh, God, we're going to be really bad for that, a minute. That is interesting. They'll be like, I like to write on stage. And like, you have two minutes. Two minutes. What are you gonna write on stage? <laughs> I mean, people do it, or like you know, or they'll do a three-minute set based on the, the last comic that was up there's material. Yeah. And then the best are the ones that go up there with notepads and they take notes of other people's sets and you do it. And you're like, what are you wow. doing? That's I've been saying that a lot. Really? Lately. People take notes of other people's sets. Yeah. Then they'll be like, oh, the guy in the red shirt said. Oh, uh, that's this. so crazy. That's so funny to me when people are like, hey, you remember two hours ago someone mentioned this? No. And then they do a joke that could have stood alone without any of that. Yeah. It's like, why was there a minute explaining someone we've forgotten? It's so and good. For the listeners, if they're hearing weird noises, it's because the lovely tenor trap is flush with Easter eggs. Oh, yeah. And we've been on Easter egg hunt, <laughs> and we found um, – uh, did you do anything for Easter? No. It's the first time I haven't in ages. Man. And I just had like a nice day myself. I had a little barbecue. It was fucking good. Good for you. A little Albert yeah. day. Yeah, it was yeah, really nice. Good. Um, I was uh, I did a show. I did I did a show at the Grizzly Pear of Crashing right. Fame. Yeah, they're famous now. It's famous. That was Sean uh, Merritt, who like he's a bartender now. He's like a new comic. I think it just he saw so much comedy now. He's a comic. Like he Sean just who? Sean. His last name's uh, Marin. He's Irish. Oh, okay. Ireland. Nice guy. Wait, really. What you? What's his last name? Ma- Marin. M a r r o n. Not Finnerty. No. There's, there's an Irish Sean Finnerty who's a comic and a bartender in this town too. No way! Yeah. It's two Sean's. Oh, Sean Barry come gun for him. No, he's God just damn, I, this Irish guy. He's been a grizzly person since I've been. I mean, I first met him, and then once I realized, like, oh, those are people behind the bar at the places I go to to do yeah, mics every day, and I started meeting. He's like a friend. He's a good dude. Yeah. And so I went. And, you know, had I did that 3 p.m. day show with uh, Amanda Holstein and Sean that do it, and it was really fun. A very oh, yeah. you know small crowd, but fun. And then had some beer. They bark I, for it. Uh, she does out front. Um, and then some other people do, um, okay. yeah, so a little bit though, but people came in there, very nice, polite crowd, really fun. It was like, it went, um, you know, Rufet? Yeah. It was Rufet, me, and then Osama. Okay. Like in a row. That's a nice group. It was fun. It's so okay. fun. I love those guys. They're definitely, it's like very, uh, mixture of lots of different types of comedy. And Rufet's, I'm just starting to know him and his comedy. That dude's funny. Yeah, he's yeah. great. Yeah. He's like a little fashion. Um, my, yeah, so I like that guy. He's cool. Um, but I'm that, trying to get him into sci-fi. I think he's going to be into it. He likes it, the looks. Do you recruit on the sci-fi? I don't know, once in a while. You know, Damn. A little bit. How do you like recruit stuff. someone in sci-fi? I think we were talking about jackets, and I was talking about how the new Star Trek was just a commercial for jackets. <laughs> he's like, I like jackets, and I think we can find common ground. Yeah, and you're just like, we'll start yeah. there, we'll move over there. Then this we is... can jump immediately to immortality, and you know, we're really there. It, Damn. It's really, I gotta put these eggs down, because there's no you way I can eat one while yeah. we're in there, but they're so good. The yeah, chocolates. if you have them in your hands, that's too much. Yeah. Do you drink at shows? I, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, 
I'm a big personality comic. Yeah. Um, which means I don't write as much as I should. Yeah. But like, unfortunately I do well when I'm drunk. Uh, and like, I don't know, once I get out of my own head, it is, if I'm like in a, I don't know, I find with like pot or beer, yeah. it's like a lot to do with the environment the show is in. Okay. If it's like pretty festive and people are drinking and then I'll usually also drink. Yeah. Um, same with pot. Like if it feels like a room where no one is high and it'd be weird to be high there, I can't do a set anywhere near. But like if we're in a backyard show and yeah. everyone's having a good time, I could get goosed and still like do fairly okay. Yeah, you know, it's like the saddest day was when I realized I was like, oh, I'm a better comic when I'm sober, you know? And then, <laughs> yeah. but like, you know, if it's like a fun show and like Boston last weekend, I had some drinks and yesterday the day show, I was like, it's Easter baby. Let's have some beers. Do it. It's fun. I know this like comic from Michigan is like this old school dude and he, uh, he won't even drink. He would just bring a beer on stage and he oh, said really? it would set that, that the mode. Oh. And um, who else used to do that? Dean Martin. He said it was apple juice <laughs> in his drink. He used oh, to act drunk or yeah. pretty interesting. Well, I like, Working the club, the Comedy Underground. I worked the door there for like a year and a half, two okay. years. And you, every headliner that came in, like let's say maybe five percent still drank like they used to. Almost all of them were <laughs> recovering. Dude, it's crazy. <laughs> it's like the one thing I've learned so much is like how very few drink. And when yeah. they do, they kind of get shit on for well, it's it. Like, well, it's tough because I mean, okay, so bars that want you to have a drink minimum for an open mic right? yeah like if i start there at six o'clock that's seven bucks yeah and i have a drink and then i go to another one i have another seven bucks have a drink go to another one have another seven bucks have a drink i'm like dropping you know that's i know it's only 20 bucks in a day for that but like if i'm gonna have up to three drinks in a night there's no way i'm stopping at three drinks yeah like, oh, for sure i had that problem last night I was it's, it's like yeah. oh it's you're in your face constantly yeah i can't believe sober people can do it at all it's insane i usually take like a month off of drinking just totally and really? i just i just did one i just still kind of like whatever get back and I don't know, just kind of pump the brakes a little bit, though. And it's amazing, though. Like, once you stop thinking about it, you just don't even think about it anymore. You're, it's, it's, it's like, you, you know, you just go out, and then the amount of money you save is insane, dude. It's like, yeah. it's so crazy. Yeah, it's, and it's like, you don't realize, like, even like a $3 beer, you're at a homie's bar, and like, you get hookups there, and you're like, okay, but you're still tipping. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that's, you're tipping a little bit more because you're being treated well, and you're probably drinking more. Yeah, that's well. And you know, it's like, oh, my! I woke up at ten today, and my head doesn't feel like someone stomped on it with a jackhammer because yeah. I didn't have two gallons of mezcal. Oh God, I love mezcal though. That was That's so night. good. Oh. A spicy, uh, how, like jalapeno mixed drink with the uh, with mezcal is like my absolute favorite cocktail. That sounds delicious, it's actually. So good. Yeah, but I went to. Luckily, uh, they're usually like fifty dollars. So <laughs> like, All right, cool. This will be my drink for the month. Yeah, that's the. Uh, it's so weird here because I was just, like in Boston, which you were just in Boston doing Hell shows. Yeah. Boston's great, but. but it's great. Everyone is so good, especially There's, Rob Crean. Dude, Ooh, Rob Crean is awesome. That yeah. guy is so good. Sean Clark, everyone that does stuff up there is like so nice to me. And all the comics there. Dan Bulger is one of my favorite comics. Yeah. That oh, guy is yeah. so cool. Yeah, everyone we met was absolutely Yeah, really and there wasn't one soft comic. And we did, like, I did a guest spot at one of the shows at, during that comedy contest. So, like, okay. the newer comics. The newer comics are funny as fuck. I have their names on yeah. my Facebook. But there was like, it's really cool to be there. But I will say this at 1245, everything closed down. It's ridiculous. I just absolutely. It, I was. It was. I was like, what? 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 <laughs> and then like the trains turn off, and you gotta get on Uber, and you're fighting over Uber shares with Harvard kids, and then you're just. That's ah. a real different vibe change because like oh, we stayed yeah. in like a little south of Boston. Where at? Um, like Alston? Some no, no south there. of Alston, like a little southeast of Alston. Um, Jamaica like, around. Oh yeah, Jamaica Plains. Yeah, Jamaica yeah, Plains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. 
that's where we stayed and that was like that was a cool vibe yeah and then you it just changes completely you're like we went and hung out in harvard campus for a bit and you're like this is fucking weird i know so the amount of colleges in that area is 81 chris 81 81 we google over there 81 college universities in boston Insane. Isn't that crazy? That is wild. It's weird seeing some of the Harvard hoodie on that actually went there, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, so shit. <laughs> I remember, like, the first time I ever did a show there, I did, like, a one night there. And I was at Improv again, and I was there. And was that like, Improv Boston? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right on campus. Oh, dude. Yeah. And I, I always, I, well, last time I stayed, like, four blocks from there at an Airbnb. This time, hmm. I stayed in Cambridge, but we were at the very end of the red line. I didn't know Cambridge was that big. <laughs> it was cool. It was some, like, old yeah. lady that was, like, a total, like, communist literary agent. She was just, like, she was cool. She was chatting us up. It was really funny, but uh, holy shit, it was in the middle of nowhere. We like, I went in the morning and I was like, I need to go get a Gatorade. I was like hungover, and uh, we we went whale watching. Oh, oh nice. Did you oh, see any? Dude, even the researchers on board were freaking out. We saw really? five, three humpbacks, two fin uh, whales, sixty to one hundred dolphins. My man. Whoa. Insane. I'll show you a video after. It was. My, my mom was like, "It's gonna be life changing, Max." And all the Yelp reviews were like, "Life changing." I was like, "Whatever." I was shook, dude. They're like Your six feet away. Life was changed, dude. I could have, I could have spat in the blowhole. If we got I, a critic, then man, they win, huh? Dude, so That's good. So good. I, I went once in Maine and we saw nothing, and we hit something, and I was a little, really little kid, and it was like raining and cold. It was awful. Yeah. Uh, we hit something and it made like a bump noise. No way. Um, and I spent the whole time like we just hit the only whale. See. <laughs> it was really sad that we, had, my friend James and I, who was up there. Uh, with me we were just talking about this last night actually that uh the one whale got like within six feet of the boat and it kept like doing the fluke up and like so cool but the lady kept going like he's so lethargic this is rare and james is like dude please stop dude bumming me out like yeah. it was like is it gonna yeah. die right here <laughs> that's its big finish though um but i've never been to maine before is maine cool I maine's awesome beautiful. i lived there for like half a year when i was in second Damn. grade <laughs> yeah that's cool it's gorgeous what's so um, grown up wise what was it like uh let's break it down like what, what were your parents do were they in pennsylvania maine? so okay this is crazy but um all right so my mom and dad divorced before i was around yeah um but i started calling him dad because my i was always with my brothers and they always did so it just kind of like whatever he threw me a bone okay. uh, our threw relationship was like is like fairly just professional i gotcha. don't know how to it's weird okay. so anyways we had this big house in meadville pennsylvania my mom and i uh, one of my brothers and it's this huge house like way too big and she was tired of trying to heat it for like three people yeah uh like this thing later got turned into an airbnb it wow was like fucking like you could fucking turn into a hotel if you needed to just a giant brick square building okay uh, it was awesome it was one of the coolest houses i'll ever live in in my life um, and then she wanted to change a pace. She was like, I like Bangor, Maine. I think I'm going to go up and work there for a bit. So she took just me, her and I, we drove up there, uh, lived there for like six months. So I did the summer and then part of the school year. Uh, I had a blast. There was a park that had some pretty great programs during the summer. Yeah. So I would go, it was across the street. I would go and hang out there. And that's how I made a crap load of friends. It was, it was incredible. And then, uh, we came back and moved into the house that my brother and dad were staying in. Yeah. He's uh, kind of a hoarder, and my brother is, like, uh, kind of like me. We're, like, I'm messy and a little lazy. So we get back, and the walls are all covered in newspaper articles. Wow. And the floor is all CDs. Like, you honestly couldn't step without breaking a CD case. It was just, like, this crazy heap. So my mom was like, F it, we're living here. I'm going to take care of this house whip it and whip you idiots into shape and she did and it's like this gorgeous house oh now. my god that's they amazing yeah. and they still own that yeah now my brother uh got married and has a like a family in there now whoa that's yeah. a cool story no, yeah, no, no that's cool. awesome to come back but it was also weird to see two divorced people living in the same house <laughs> yeah when my parents were divorced they did that for a little bit and it's uh, very awkward how old were your parents uh, when they got divorced um probably around 50 i don't know i actually don't talk a no, lot. how old were you 
Well, when I w- oh, it was before I was around. So okay. it might have been oh, before uh, I was born. Okay. I'm not sure. I came in at like five and okay. they were already divorced. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's... So they spent like like ten years living together divorced. Oh. It was crazy. Damn, that's it's just like that's my parents got divorced when I was twenty nine, so it's like way different, but still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like you're emotionally, you know, I also uh, didn't have like a I didn't have like a standard of them being married. Okay. You know? so I didn't no have baseline. anything that broke for me. Yeah. yeah. yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. Like a, this is the only family I like experience I have with these people. Yeah, that's interesting to see. What were you like as a child? Were you an affable young man? Um yeah, but I'm also incredibly moody. Really? So like still yeah. that way? Well, I mean, I've tempered it a little bit, yeah. but mostly on my own, so a little bit. Like, But I don't have like the rage I used to. I just get super depressed now. Really? I think I just started turning it inwards. Like, yeah, yeah. But that was it. It was like, I would just have these crazy mood swings from being like full of joy, radiant, and like very like uh, affable. And yeah. that's why, that's how I got adopted, actually. Uh, I tricked people, not tricked, I just like, it was like a crazy thing. I'll yeah. tell you in a sec. Um, and then I would swing to like just screaming and just like, awful little like i was just a weird little kid i think it was like a lot of trauma and then you were just suddenly being treated really nice by these strangers yeah and i just didn't like i have no idea how to deal with that you know i was fucking five years old yeah i wonder how much that too is like you know like nature because it's like in your head you're young and you probably don't know how to articulate the feelings you're going through so like the ups and downs are probably just like waves yeah. i have no idea even how to think the uh the thoughts you know i wanted or the emotions it's pretty amazing that two people anytime can just like adoption is like it fascinates me it's like the it's wild it's so i just have like some friends that are adopted and like it is i just remind myself it's just it's like the most selfless thing you can do yeah my mom is really like that like, yeah she is like in like she spends as much time giving back as possible she put herself through med school by being a librarian oh wow she like uh yeah she you know always gets dogs from shelters that are about to die and like she's just like a that's just like through and through she's an incredibly decent positive person and then, like everyone in our hometown knew her and like you know everyone like likes her because she would also be like the doctor for an entire company or something yeah you know? she was- do you think that because there's one thing i noticed about you too is i would say like you're very comfortable in your own skin it seems like just from knowing you from like, just you're very you are you're cool. like, i think that's just be- a series of flukes around you but well, yeah, <laughs> she, no uh, but it seems to be the way it comes off i mean uh like well, you know you're rocking the headphone look you still doing that? You give up? Um, it depends. I was know? thinking if today, you had. Ears are gonna get sweaty. I know. I was like, what if you, I was like, what if he doubles up on the headphones? Dude. Is he really riding? And this the one task cams too, man. Dude, oh, they are. Yeah. Damn, How much were these? Like Twenty bucks. Yeah, they're super cheap. I love it. Yeah, they're <laughs> awesome. They're the best. Uh, the, shout out to B and H. There's like a that my yeah. friend James whatever has a, a rep there. He's a photographer. Really? So like he hooks it up. Wait, hold so, on a sec. Got this, the same ones. They're the same exact ones. Yeah. yeah. They hurt your ears after a while. Yeah, they do. I know. It's, like, it's all cheap. That might be the, it's all cheap. Chinese. Is it Chinese or Japanese? I don't Task know. Task seems to be, be Japanese. Yeah. I have, but that's my room is full of like five to $10, uh, like cheap knockoff appliances, like a fake beats pill. That's cool. But like you, I, I never thought I'd, I, like I buy beats headphones and I wear them out and like they break and then yeah. it's a warranty and it's a bitch. And now I always end up going back to Apple. You know once. who has a really good warranty program? Who? Uh, Radio Shack, honestly. Really? Yeah. Those things if are you still can around? Find, if you can find a Radio Shack one, and if you can find a Radio Shack that still sells anything besides phones, because <laughs> now they're being brought up by like Sprint or something, so yeah. they're like half Radio Shack, half Sprints. But they had this crazy program, like I would buy nice earbuds, yeah. and you put $4 down on their uh, warranty, okay. and then within the next, uh, it used to be more, but now I think it's like a year, um, you just come back and... You bring your broken ones there. They give you a check for how much you paid for the broken ones. What? You put that towards a new 
uh, a new pair, another four bucks for the warranty, and then you start only paying four bucks for headphones every year, and that's. Dude, that's this is like the only place though that people like even going back to Michigan, they're like, you wear out headphones? Like what? Like how how often do you work out? And I like, never. Like exactly. I just, I'm just always using it. I'm walking. Stuff. It's like that Mark Norman joke though, if you forget your earbuds, like it's like you have to walk around and like with your own thoughts. It's like it's hell. It's like yeah. It takes it's, forever. <laughs> yeah, it's so bad. Like and every time I'm like, I don't need them today, then I'll be on the train just stuck and like, oh god, I want them. Are you like uh do you like the volume very loud on your headphones? Fairly, yeah. I want yeah. Fuck, like ears bleeding. I, I, it's more so bad than like, more than I want the sound to be canceled from the world around me. Yeah, and so I usually just go with volume because I have cheaper just headphones all the way <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah. Um, but to go back to the whole comfort my own skin thing. Yeah, I think it was horrifically not for a while. Really. Um, and stand up has like been ninety percent of where I've been practicing getting better at that. Huh? Does it help you being up there? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Like you know, before I was twenty one. I was uh, had the uh, unchecked confidence of a crazy idiot. Um, <laughs> unchecked confidence of a crazy yeah, idiot. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think a lot of people when they're 21 are just like ludicrous yeah, human yeah. beings. And then like between like as soon as I started standing up the first time, I just started like actually looking at myself. Yeah. Like, oh, this is horrific. <laughs> Wait, like from a physical standpoint or just like, like self-examination? Yeah, self-examination. Okay, just like yeah. my personality, things, how I talk to people, all of yeah. that. I was just like, this is none of this. This whole thing's a mess. Damn, I still struggle with that sometimes, it's particularly lately, because, you know, with stand-up here, there's so, you meet so many people in the course of a day, and sometimes you just blow that first impression. You ever do that? <laughs> All the time. Oh, my God. I've, I, I I was talking about it on this before, but I had one, like, one week where I think I blew, like, two or three. And I was like, I was, I was, I'm not even, like, a dickish or a moody person. I, you just didn't work. And, like, you know, maybe mm-hmm. you just think you're more charming than you actually are, and the person's like, who the fuck is this dude? <laughs> like, yeah. I like that if I get shy, I just stop talking as much. And yeah. That's, that's, like, a nice safety, because I think if you just don't talk a lot, <laughs> people will forget that they met you the first time. That's like, a good call. Like, if you're not going to make a good impression, then maybe make no, no impression. impression for a minute. That's a good yeah. one, too. That's a good way to look at it. I just think that that um, – yeah, I can think about those like three engagements. One was at the creek, and I was just like, "Oh, I just, I just definitely came off like a dickhead." Ugh. And I was like, "Oh," and I wasn't even, eh, you know, With it's like, like comedy business people or just comics. No, it's comics. It's like I mean, people are nice. Like just in the course of having a conversation, talking, and you're just like, "Oh, fuck!" Like, you, oops. <laughs> yeah, or I'll poke at some shit talking that I wanted to do, and then realize like you like those people. I'm being an asshole. I'm yeah. just a weird, bitter dude. Well, I, like, I hate when people do that to me. I hate when like the first conversation we have, they're talking about how like blind box is too clicky. Like, <laughs> what are you? <laughs> You're already broken by an open mic. Oh god. Well, I like to just fuck with people, and it, it doesn't. It doesn't. I can control it now. But once in a while, it's just funny to me. Like especially if someone's been a real prick. Like I just love it. Just especially if it's just like you and them, and like winding them up, and then they, they, in their mind, like if someone else would hear this right now. But just saying, like, like just like, it's just so funny. But then I'm, I've gotten way better like controlling it. But sometimes it just comes out. And you're like, oh, I'm just gonna fuck with this guy. There's a guy that comes to the show. I'm not gonna say which one it is here, but they. Uh, he's like the worst dude. He's like interrupts all the shows and he's just, he's just a piece of shit. Like one of those guys. And I cannot help but screw them every time I see him. I'm just like, it's like, Oh, Hey, that's uh, imagine that you're at a bar again, buddy. And just walk by him. And he's just like, who's this dick? 
No judging because we're at bars a lot too. Yeah, but I don't know. I pretty much live at them now. Yeah, I know, right? Isn't it amazing how much like it's like a nice day, but we're always in a dark, dingy bed. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have that experience like you watch a movie in the middle of the day and you walk outside and you're like, oh, day hasn't time. stopped yet. Like that's what it's gonna feel like when we're done with this. Having like two beers yesterday, I forgot how much I like enjoy having day drinks. Oh, it's the best. Walk out with that that sun judging you, and yeah. you're like, fuck off, sun. It's like I think it's probably good that I haven't found. Uh, immediate comedic success. Yeah, I would just become a trash can during the day. You think? Yeah. Oh yeah. Damn. If I just had free time, oh my god. Oh yeah. I have a lot more free time now, but I don't have any money, so it's like, uh Yeah, free time anymore. in New York without money is so different. Yeah, you hang right? out at home a lot more. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can do a lot of stuff too, but they don't understand like, every. It's like if you're not making money in the city, you're losing it yeah. somewhere or the other. Yeah, yeah. You know, be it whatever though. What's uh? Are you do you have addictive personality? Yeah. Yeah. A lot. It used to be like super into video games okay be like really obsessive and i'll only want to talk about them and i would only want to talk about them even if there's like one other person in the group of people who played and no yeah. one else did and everyone else would get annoyed i still was like we're gonna do this and then like luckily been able to transfer most of that to comedy <laughs> damn that's um did any, like hard drugs you ever fuck with yeah but i don't i got lucky with a lot of those as far as like, like oh those didn't hit me the same way like i drink a bunch um but uh, lately, I've not been as like excited about drinking, and I smoke. Pot's like the big one. I absolutely love it. Is it weird coming from the West Coast, where weeds everywhere, obviously and legal, to here where it's it seems like it's kind of scarcity? It was kind of a disappointment, and then uh, I, uh, I don't know if I should say it on here, but I uh, lucked into a, a person very close to me that sells very good weed. Nice. So I'm, I'm good. It's amazing. I remember like growing up in Michigan, like it was easier for me to get any drug other than alcohol. Really? Like, from like from like you know the street sources, whatever though. Yeah. And then I was actually at the show yesterday, and a dude came up to me. He's like, "Oh, hey, by the way, man, I sell weed too if you ever need anything." And I was like, "That's funny." Just here's, like, here's my here's my New York drug experience. When I was 18, before I left Pennsylvania, my two buddies and I took a road trip here to stay with my brother and go to Peter Luger's. Okay. And nice. we had one night, and my brother bought us some beer. We're going to drink some beer and then do something. And he just, like, let us, like, he's like, I'm not going to be a part of whatever this is. Uh, here's some beers, and I'm going to go do my thing. And so we got drunk and then cruised around town. <laughs> and in the middle of it, my buddy who was about to join the, like, whose enlistment was coming up the next day and had, like, a drug test he had to pass, was walking around with a gallon of water chugging it. But at one point, he's like, i got to get you guys pot. You know, we got to smoke pot. We're doing this thing. we got to, like, celebrate. And so someone was at, talking about drugs in the corner. And so he asked him, he's like, hey, man, can we get some weed? And the guy's like, yeah, I got you. And he sits down and pulls out a bag of Coke from his shoe. And the dude's like, yeah, it's not really what we're looking for. Um, Damn. You really don't have weed? And the dude's like, give me 20 bucks. I'll go to that building and I'll go get it. And then we just watched this dude leave. <laughs> it just took your 20? Yeah. We were in the... <laughs> Like the I love like the romance of drug dealing. Like I'm not even into drugs, but it's just so fun. Even like when friends are like going to get stuff, or like if you have to like you have people in town, you have to hook it up or whatever. Especially for like lots of skateboarding stuff. Yeah. The whole idea is just so. I love the idea that like the the war on drugs is complete bullshit. Like you never won anything. Like there's nothing. No, we just like found a way to imprison yeah. black men forever. That's, I know, right? That's this is the system of they uh, they released when uh, when recreational became legal in Seattle. They released a report on this one cop who had the most arrests for possession. Yeah, and uh, they were all black men. Jesus <laughs> it was like Christ. incredibly transparent that what he yeah. was doing. The Giuliani law is like the case studies. Like I went to school for pre-law, and I remember reading the case studies about. You know, like when the crack epidemic happened, which was, you know, completely fucking syst like it was a systemification or system systemized? My words aren't using. Whatever. That's system um, system based. And uh, 
but basically, you know, if a white kid got caught with like, you know, a gram of coke. Systemic. Systemic. Thank you. Albert Hirsch, ladies and <laughs> I appreciate it. I needed, my words are not there today. Um, and uh, so if you get caught like a gram of coke, say you or I did, whatever, you get like a slap on the hand. But if you went just uptown to Harlem and they found just the littlest bit of crack on you, which is actually less cocaine, you get 15 years for your first offense. That's so insane. Yeah. And so, and so like, you know, how do you think that like, what part of any of that seems to fix anything? Like, oh, you just ruin a life. And then like, what is, it's just so, that's what they're talking about. There's any sort of, so there's like all these studies of like, you know, mothers that just went off the road, you know, like whatever, lost their shit or they're holding drugs for people that they didn't know. Or, I mean, they knew, or maybe they were threatened by just crazy new Jack city shit. You but know. then just the fact that they're like, the law is racist. I'm like, no, they're not. They're two different drugs. Like, no, it's the same drug. It's completely, it's like, it's, uh, it's legislation based on race. It's so crazy it's so because people in the neighborhoods can't afford Coke. They get cracks. It's five bucks or whatever. It's so, uh, it's insane when you it's see that so stuff. It's monstrous. And yeah, and the, the different, like, even just with weed, even when it's the same drug of just the different way people, like. It's just the different ways a young white man and young black men are treated by the law is absolutely bonkers. It just seems to be like I, I think the last statistic I read was like it's like thirty three percent of uh, people that are in some way or shape or form involved in our criminal justice system right now, be it you know they're on trial, they're waiting sentencing, and in, in, incarcerated are non violent drug offenders. That's thirty three percent, and then horrifying. and then you find out that it's all private corporations that own it, and you're like, oh, yeah. this is. The game is rigged, son. Yeah, and it's gross. It's gross that what? You get some cash out of it? You yeah. and your family could have cash for generations because yeah. you ruined a thousand millions. I don't know. And like countless numbers of lives. That's crazy. That judge was in Pennsylvania. That was maybe a year or two ago that they found out. You know what I'm talking about? They found out that he had been given uh, contracts and cash, like mil- oh, $4 million dollars from private com- companies uh, to <laughs> that own prisons. And they found out he That's would ridiculous. take like a first-time offender, like a 14-year-old, and he'd lock him up for 20 years. Jesus Christ. And that dude, he's in prison now, but he should be fucking shot. Yeah. Like, that guy, no problem. Right. Hopefully he's in a prison with a bunch of people we put in prison for a long time. I hope they just yeah. take him by the inch. I like the whole thing. I remember I was little, like, I was skating with, like, I was the only white guy. I was, like, me and three black friends who were skating. And we got nailed by the cops, which was very common. And the cop goes, all right, you're going home. And he pointed at me. And then my three friends got locked in the back of the squad car and drove it off. I didn't see him for, like, two days. That's crazy. It was no. fucked. It was, like, trying to be, like, I was, like, tw- I think we were all 12 or 13. And I remember like the, that feeling of seeing it go, and you can't you can't really articulate to other people like what how it happened. And you're just like, <gasps> yeah, well, that's the divide right there. There yeah. it is. That's the that's that's what people talk about when they say privilege. Yeah, it's, it's right so there. crazy. I know it's like as much as you want to like it. you're sick of hearing like the white get white privilege thing is like, are you sick of that stuff like the the comedy about it? Um. I don't know. I'm, I'm bored by easy jokes. And yeah. Those things are like hot topics. So there's a lot of easy jokes, but because they're also hot topics, there's like a, a lot of really incredible jokes about For it. For sure. I don't, I don't really get, yeah, I just get sick of a lot of like lazy jokes. And yeah. So whenever something's an interesting issue, like lazy comics write lazy jokes, but also good comics are like good jokes. Like I like comedy that is, seems to like, the, like that's what matters right now. And so that's what the comedy should be like. It's great when comedy is good and is about that because that's what is actually important to our lives. Yeah. Um, and it's like comedy is fun as entertainment. And it's also fun as an art. And I don't, I don't, know. I don't like try to 
fight that like just because i see that topic a lot that'd be i don't know comics do that but i don't really yeah it's interesting like like we were talking about before we got on i always find myself when i get involved with that stuff if i'm caring too much it's like i'm not putting enough work on myself yeah it's like why i'm not the one i'm not the one writing that joke who cares yeah i know i just i hate when do you feel like you should talk about stuff like that more often you know i had this crazy crazy thing so uh when i before i went to london for the first time to do comedy which was in november I'm, an, I'm a non-political, non-topical comic. It's all, it's all autobiographical stories on it. And I was freaking out because I'm like, this is like we went there days after um, Trump was elected. And I'm like, I'm not a political comic. I remember asking like Tamara Katan, is a past guest in here, is an amazing comic who brought me over there and like hooked me up with all the shows. And uh, like I opened for him over there in some places. And like um, when I was over there, I was like, dude, I'm not political. Like, but I feel like if people are paying money to see an American comic, they're going to want to know. They're going to want to hear something There's about it. There's going to be an it. elephant in the room the yeah, whole time. Yeah, right? And so I would go to the creek and try to flush ideas out. But then I'm like literally a day before I left, I was like, I was on stage. I was like, fuck this. I'm, I'm just going to keep doing what I've been doing that's got me here in the first place. And Tamara's a political comic. He's an amazing political comic. And it was so fun to go there and just do my own thing and like have it very well received. People were like, oh, it's just awesome. great because like you're doing – funny's funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like take the stress off yourself and like – I was like trying to write shit, and I'm just like, oh god, this is just not me. I mean, there's people that are amazing, obviously. It was just, it was just not my, not what I'm interested. in. Maybe I'm not what I'm good at, but uh, that, that's kind of that was like a, a huge epiphany for me because it was like, oh, like this, there's you can't really ask that question to anybody else. It's something you have to answer yeah. for yourself. Like, what should I do now? You know, it's, right? Uh, well, that's and that's something I thought would be more prevalent here, and I'm glad it isn't. Is I thought there would be maybe more of a divide between people writing like goofy jokes people talking about themselves and people talking about problems in the world yeah like, uh they just we kind of all go to the same rooms yeah like yeah it's it's interesting is like you know it's just like funny's funny if it works and like like i love how i said that about the lazy thing because it's true if it's like well thought out or if it's just like you know i don't know it's like you can kind of spot it from a million miles away yeah if i've heard it on facebook five times that day like that's what gets me about like some of these late night shows even it's like Jesus, that's your big hot take on the, you have like you have an audience of millions yeah. and your big zingers for what's happening today. I've seen fifty times on Twitter already. Yeah. So like, it's kind of disappointing. Do you miss your old Facebook before you're a comic? Or did you not no, have No, I did have it, but I didn't like Mine's, I love it now that I'm a comic. It's full of fucking insane people. Yeah. yeah. As soon as I moved here, I got I started getting like ten friend requests a day. Yeah. Wow. And I think it's just people from like across the country or like people you should know. And it's like new comics in the Midwest or like this anywhere else just yeah. being like, Oh, I had everyone and then everyone think I'm a comic or this is how you network. I don't know, but I have a bunch of weirdos just posting crazy shit and I love it. It's so <laughs> funny to see like I just remember like my life without one liners. <laughs> like because yeah. now I think about like I see my friend that posts a photo of like his daughter. And I'm like, oh, this is like real. This is yeah. great. I love it. That's know, a, everyone like, is not a comic is posting some very real life stuff. Yeah. Oh, but then he, I, the only people I have to unfollow though is like when it's like gnarly. It's like very negative because yeah. that that stuff influences. Are you like that? Are you like a product of your environment sometimes? Like, do you feel that? I can be. If my friends were like my life friends were like that. I mean, yeah. Online, I don't. I don't know. Well, I guess so because I was like super. I was very liberal when I was in Seattle, and yeah. I toned down maybe a little bit when I moved here, but not. No, you're hardcore conservative. Yeah, now I just love it. I love the red, baby. <laughs> we skated, we skated a bunch of Trump properties like two days ago, and really? it was so funny that um, how shitty those buildings are. Like just just in terms of the granite they use that we grind yeah. on, like this shit is like hollow. In the courtyards there, it's all fucking so base funny. heads, like crackheads hanging out. And like, I tried to get a photo so bad, but there was like a, do you know, it was like John Deere 6x6 
gator carts, the little golf carts they use. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the groundskeeper had. And the guy came out to kick us out. And on the front, she, not Albert, it was a green piece of duct tape. And in Sharpie was written Trump. <laughs> I tried to get the photo so hard. But when the guy saw what I was doing, I was like, fuck. Like he turned around so and I drove away. I was funny. like, oh. Oh, my God. We don't so normally good. go political on here, though. But yeah. uh, were you? Well, I was in Atlantic City recently. Uh, mm. And I was on a Monday. We, like, a flight got fucked. Okay. And so we had to go there that night and then bus up the next day. Okay. And uh, it, it was in the middle, it was in January. Yeah. So it was at night. So there was nobody there. Oh we went, the next day we went out on the boardwalk and it's like sleeting. It's terrible and gross. Yeah. And so we're like sitting there. All these places are closed except for an ice cream shop, which is ludicrous at this time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then right beside it was just like, it was a, it used to be a Trump building and all the letters fell off. So it was like this old faded, like shadow of those oh, letters God. on it. And I was like, that's a really nice image to see. That's where we're going to be. Really it's, like it. it's so crazy. Uh, were you here the day he got elected? Yeah, um, my buddies who just got married were doing like this little tour of the country to visit their friends who couldn't see them for their wedding. Okay, and they landed the day after. And I was yeah, like, as soon as they landed, we went to Union Square Park and did the march up to the tower. Oh, okay, everyone. I think that was a cool way to show them the city. That was amazing. I like walked out of it. Really good. Yeah, but it was that that day in the morning. Like I remember um, walking in Soho early in the morning. Like people were crying. Yeah. Like the subway was like a terrorist attack. It was the so surreal. It was like the mood in this. It's because you get to see so many people all experiencing the same thing. Yeah. And normally it's like everyone has their own energy and everyone's bustling. And it was like seeing some <sighs> the same thing hit every single person. It was yeah. Wild. So weird. I remember like talking to comics like, I don't know anyone that voted for him. I'm like, I know a bunch of people. Like just from where I'm from, like yeah, you know, it's like yeah. it's like I'm there's from like a Trump. big ass Trump sign across the street from my mom's house. Yeah, it's like, oh dude, it's so interesting to see. It's funny too to see like how, like, how scary something can be if people really want to stir shit up and they start doing it. How horrifying it is! Like you know, what I mean, like just face out whoever you vote for doesn't matter, but just take an outsider and put him in there and be like, I don't fucking care. And then you see it, you're like, ah, yeah. it's like a. It's like like if you let a kid be a mayor for the day and he bankrupted the town, you know? <laughs> he's like, I want ice cream to be free. <laughs> and the business goes out under, uh, like Parks and Rec. Oh, that, that's 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 what made me think about that. I love yeah, that episode. Like, One thing uh, I want to talk about before I forget: Words with Friends short film years. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, my that's like the brainchild of my buddy Nick Pupo. Yeah, Nick Pupo, uh, uh, written, Hannah, written out by Hannah Boone and Jake Fromm helping out. And yeah, they had a good um, this guy named John. I, fuck, I can't think of his last name right now. He uh, he did all the video work for it. It was incredible. It, it's um, people. It, it made fun of your dies like front page. If yeah, you see this, I'll link great. it to you on there. Uh, you have a role really well. Yeah, I have a fun role. Dude, you have a good role. I don't want to ruin for the haven't seen yet though. But what was it like carrying a gun that looked that real in New York City? Um, well, it was horrible because I had to meet up. For some reason, it was my duty to bring it to the shoot. Yeah. So <laughs> I had to get it from John Rosenberger at an open mic yeah. at a beauty bar, and he gave it to me in like a plastic bag. And I was like, "This feels like I'm buying a like I'm buying a gun to go kill someone." For God, right that's now. so funny. Um, and then yeah, we're at a park of all waspy people like in their 50s walking their dogs being like why is this kid waving a gun around yeah. I can't believe I was so paranoid the whole time we were there yeah when I saw it I was like I definitely I'd be, I, I watched that four or five times I really liked that short that is like it, oh. it's did you have a good time making it it's like acting yeah, something it was you fun. do uh, one of the things that's not too much of a big uh, th- giveaway is that I got to throw a uh, real iPhone into the river. Did you really throw yeah. that? I swear to God, I, tried to watch I thought you pulled it back. Whose iPhone was it? Uh, it was Hannah's old iPhone. It broke and she got a new one, so we uh, hugged it in the river. Authenticity. Well, if you want to think, yeah, talk about two levels of privilege. One, I got to wave a gun around in the middle of a city and no one batted an eye. <laughs> Holy shit. 
We've and had we'll, children die holding toy guns. Yeah. And I'm waving in the park and nothing. And just so stupid. And then I got to throw goddamn more technology than it took <laughs> to get us to the moon. I threw it in a river. <laughs> it was so rad. In the East River. Oh, my God. Was that East River Hudson? Which side were you on? That was East River. Jesus. It's, it's, uh, I just like the way it's written in there. It's very. Yeah, it's really well written. And it's like away. the acting, too, is something yeah. like, you know, we see so many like web shorts and things like that here where yeah. you get whatever, though. But well, like Nick is a real actor. And is I, he? Yeah. And I don't Jake know. And Hannah really like really nailed it. In that yeah. Though. I yeah. did. Uh, I've done shows with like uh, Hannah before and so I've like, seen him, you know, or, uh, but uh, that was just very. It was just fucking. And yeah, then, Nick's at, the real deal. He doesn't think he is, which I like about him. Yeah, but he really is. Uh, I just, it's like it's, and uh, you know, you watch like all these web series that come out. Which, hey, if you're putting a product out, I mean, God bless your heart. That's awesome to do. Yeah. But it it gets daunting to watch a bunch of it. Well, but this one I watch is like it's. Good. I had a really good conversation with Shane Torres about it once. One of my favorites, about, like wanting to start a web series to have a web series. Yeah, talking to him about like. That's why so many of them are kind of lackluster. People are doing it to have like this comedy merit badge. Yeah. Um, instead of like, like this was a good idea Nick had, and then he followed through until it was done. Yeah. And it came out as a sketch, and that's what the, like what made sense for the project he thought of. And it yeah. ended up being phenomenal. And I think that's kind of, I don't know, I have this weird balance, fight in my head. Like half of me says, you should write whatever the thing that strikes you is. Yeah. Um, but also, it doesn't hurt to like practice writing scripts and write out a bunch of sketches, so you know, like, you get good at doing that. That's uh, instead of like, and you know, even though a lot of them might end up like, whenever I force myself to write a joke, it's generally mediocre. Yeah. Um, but it helps me to like, it helps to do that work of writing that joke, so that when I do get struck by something, I can do that. There's like all those like famous quotes about writers. There's one I can't remember who said it, but they're like, uh, "Do you only write when you're inspired?" He goes, "Yeah, but it happens to be every morning at 9 a.m. because to be professional, you can't wait for inspiration." But then yeah. you hear these interviews with like Keith Richards, and there's a direct quote from him. He's like, "I'm not running around with a butterfly net trying to catch a song." It occurs to me, it's like, "Well, you're Keith Richards. It's a little bit different." Yeah, dude. I see. That's I think a big part of what I like about learning how to riff and improvise stand up. Um, is that like I don't have to fill like my filler can be something I really enjoy doing. I can put a hundred percent of myself into yeah. rather than having filler that is filler jokes that I'm like, well, I have like, I have these three jokes that, are, that hit me, you know, and yeah. I'm really excited about doing. And then I have these two others that I have to do so I can make sure I have a full set. Instead, I can find something like I can connect to the room for a bit and then do those jokes. Yeah, like the one thing I like uh, in New York is and you get so addicted to it is like I used to when people visit, I'd like line up shows for them or whatever. But now I think kind of the new thing is, I mean, you can do that too if they have, if, if, if they're able to do that, yeah. which is great. And thanks for everyone that lets me do that. But uh, it's really fun if someone comes for two days. Like I just had a friend randomly come into a comic. We just had open mics for two days, which is yeah. like, you know, I still do a bunch of that. But dude, it was so, we did six in one day. We're like, yeah, we're, yeah. I was like, let's just go. Let's just see. I mean, like, that's the way night. you should show people the city. Yeah. Like, if it's you're trying like, to move here to grind, let's just do a grindy day. Yeah. And then know? if, but then like you go to a show and it was so cool because, uh, that weekend he was here, he actually, um, I was on Jordan's Jensen's backyard show, but it was yeah. inside the house it was raining. Yeah. And like, you cannot bring a comic from out of town to a better place than that to see like, it oh, was incredible. So and she, she's well done this podcast. A too. bunch of people show up to it. Yeah, it's, got all the good it's stuff. Beauty in the Backyard. It's a monthly, and I just did it. It's uh, anyone that sees it. I mean, Jordan was already on this ep- on this podcast. Baby's got backyard. His baby's got backyards. Yeah. Was it is so? Did I say Beauty in the Backyard? Yeah, weird. <laughs> beauty bar <laughs> in like, the backyard. Normally, I'd let it fly if it was just a conversation. But no, like, well, this is on record. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Right. I'm wrong. I'm wrong all the time about stuff. Um, it's okay, man. We're in a room. Right behind you, there's a picture of a butt plug with legs. There is, isn't there? That's a. It's so. 
weird. It's like when you, uh, you're, I'm here like probably too much because I do like you know two of these a week and then oh, I do right. comedy here. Yeah. But they're like, like you stop seeing the shit that's around you. Yeah, and you're like, oh, that's actually like incredibly graphic. Yeah, yeah it's, it's very casual. Well, it's cool like, as hell. But. The 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 owner here, one of the owners here, they're all like obsessed with porno. So like the soft oh, really? or like the the Wi-Fi password softcore, <laughs> and like you know they've got like dildos in every jar out there. Uh, that's a big theme in bars here. A lot Dildos? of nudity. Yeah, no, just like a lot of sex theme. Like the bathroom at Pine Box. Yeah. Uh, my favorite bar is called Duff's. It's right off the Marcy J stop. Yeah. Uh, it's like a metal bar. I and know there's Duff's. just like yeah. porn everywhere. They yeah. play like porn on one of the TVs in the movies. You like, a porn guy? What kind I don't of like it. What kind of, really? <laughs> yeah, I am, but I'm not like. You don't like that you're a porn guy? Yeah, I don't know. It's just like, it's weird. It does fucked up things to your brain. Yeah. There's probably responsible ways to do it, but I definitely don't. It's definitely <laughs> like, it sets up a different relationship with sex than actually having sex with people does. And that's something that I think may be dangerous, especially for young kids. It fucks the boys. Like, if you look at a lot of porn before you ever sleep with one real human, like, you're gonna have so like so many terrible misconceptions about what a human body actually is yeah and just and plus your like threshold for uh discomfort in terms of like dude owning a sketch shop for five years and you hear these kids when they lose their virginity you hear the stories and like i think about mine which is just so bad you know like it was just well not bad it was just a typical thing you know what i mean it was like very 20 seconds and done but like acting like it wasn't type thing i have a thing about that is like our stories are almost pg they're so silly yeah like little the next generation like What's the step after VR, right? Yeah. Whatever that technology is, that means the kids, before they have sex with a human, are going to be simulating entire rooms and fake people to have pretend to have sex with. And the trend with porn is that you get jaded to the basics very quickly. Yeah. And so you end up being in these extreme scenarios. So this kid, these kids are going to be practicing like these insane orgies and then they're going to go to a date to a movie theater and then try and have like actual sex with no you're going to fall apart this is dude i know that's like so hearing gross. one of the kids from my shop which i just remember him being like yeah chick kind of sucks she wouldn't let me bust down her face it's like oh my god what this poor fucking these kids these days yeah, i never yeah. said that a lot that's, an, that's another human would you like let someone bust on your face immediately that's your first <laughs> sexual experience i just think it's funny to be like a kid that like normally that you'd be worried about lasting or like something as stupid yeah. as maybe my dick isn't big enough but this kid's just like i just want to toss some you know milkshake is like it's a whole thing so, yeah uh and the weird thing too is like the i tried to write a joke about it and i just thought it was kind of i don't know i was like always talk about like how my recommend screen treats me like a monster but like now it's like I know a girl. She's like a sweet girl, but she when she like goes on her porn and like it says like apparently everyone in New York right now is automatically recommended cuckold porn. It's like the big yeah. thing in New York, so all the algorithms push it through here. That's a big. I mean, what, what you can see like what the trends are in our country by what porn sites want you to watch, and apparently it's all cuckolding and incest, and it's weird. Incest <laughs> too. Weird. That's what she was saying. I don't it's get that on mine though. Yeah, that's yeah. a big like stand up that people are doing now. Yeah, like talking about like why the why is this. Suddenly, the trend. We yeah. are weird and gross people. What do you? Uh, what, what, what's your category you click on? I like. Uh, it's boring, but I like Mills a bunch. Yeah, I'm a big, <laughs> big Mills guy. I love him. I, God bless him. You know, just a like a just a hot forty year old lady just does it for me. Have you ever taken down like a nice uh, cougar on the road? Any, anything like that before? <laughs> First of all, I would never call it that. <laughs> um, no, my road sex life is like pretty. It's pretty terrible. Uh, I went on a. A month-long tour when I moved here. Yeah. And... I'm Instagramming right now. I'm um, listening. People were coming out of the woodwork and, like, 
really cute girl. To like all out? sorts of people. Yeah. And I had a girlfriend, so I just kept turning them down. Yeah. And then, so I went on another month long tour after I broke up and I was like, this is going to be it. And it's like the whole world can sense that energy. Yeah. Of like, I'm ready, ladies. And it was just <laughs> like nothing. Uh, I had sex with like one person at a, when I was down in the f- festival in Florida and it was an absolute disaster. <gasps> um, specifics. Well, we had a good time, right? And yeah. the whole time we were out at night, I, I was very forward about like, I'm only here for a night. Yeah. I'm going to leave for like, You're I mean, a man not only road. am I going to leave halfway through this night to go back to this after party. Yeah. I am going to leave the city for a very long time afterwards. Yeah. So this is like, you, you can do this if you like, we're just going to have a nice time. And then we did. And it kept, it, we had a really wonderful date together. And then we went and, uh, you know, fooled around at her place. And then I started getting all these texts later of like <gasps> a lot of regret. And I think the thing was, is there was like a dude courting her that she would not, she was not really giving anything like any inch to, you know? Yeah. Um, and then met me one night and then fooled around with me like that night. Ooh. And it was like really conflicting of like, why is this nice man? Uh, I'm, I'm like pushing back, but this, uh, you, the goblin from New York, <laughs> uh, I'll let me finger me on my bed. <laughs> um, and yeah, and it was just like, I gave her a hickey, which, uh, people hate. Uh, oh, gnarly. I get I so never, pissed into that. Oh, I love it. I wear it as like badge of pride. Who's, <laughs> who's ashamed of having a hickey? Like someone made out with my neck, you lonely nerds. <laughs> you lonely nerds. I got a, have you ever uh, experienced rough play before? Yeah, that's been a newer thing since like Brooklyn. Yeah, I got the shit slapped out of me. Really? Very recently. Like out of nowhere. Like four or five times. Just wow. first time ever and then just fucking bow, bow, bow. Like Did dude, you like it? I I mean I Was it startling? Totally startling. <laughs> and I was like and I was drinking it was later in the evening, obviously. And this was like a I mean, a, air quote, nice girl. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. I did not see it coming, let me put it that way. And I mean, it was like, ah, that's like, that's her thing. And then it was really weird because like the next morning, the same one that like, I mean, dude, my face was puffy for like two days, <laughs> but the same one. And then she like tried to hold hands and I'm like, no, do you hold hands? Yeah. Oh, I hands. hate it. You hate it? Oh, I hate oh, it. I, I hate love holding love, hands. Dude. I, I love it. I really? Love, I love like incredible affection with someone. That's the, I think that's part of the problem was like, I can't do one night stands because I'm inc- like, if I'm, if we're together, even if it's just for that night, yeah. I'm going to be super affectionate the whole time. And it's just, it sends a real weird signal. I think, I don't know how, how you're supposed to do this. I don't know yeah, I how can't. you're supposed to like, Hey, we're just going to have sex tonight and that's going to be cool. But also I'm going to like cuddle you and hold the hell out of you afterwards. Do you do public affection? Uh, a little bit. I'm not super into it. It's just so annoying gross. if you're like, if you're not involved in it, it's usually super annoying. So I generally try not to do it a lot, but also sometimes I really like a person and literally fuck the world. Get out of here. Yeah. Well, that's, that's kind of nice. I feel like that yeah. that's a special way to do it. They, yeah. uh, I just can't. I know it's like a girl I was dating for a while where she'd be like in a diner and she'd be like, want to like make out. I'm like, knock it off. She's like, what? No one cares. I'm like, it's not uh, the point. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's just, I think it's like, apparently I'm a prude when it comes to PD. Everything else I'm wide open to, but I'm, I'm a weird person. I don't no, like make ki- out in a diner is ridiculous. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I'm just not into it. I don't like kissing in porn either. It's gross. <laughs> do you watch that stuff? Do you think you have a little bit of like a Madonna horror complex? What's what's that? Where it's a it's a thing that well, a lot of men suffer from, especially with porn. Porn is really making uh, this a problem. Yeah. Where you separate like a a relationship with a human woman and what that should be like, and like your sexual desires and how those should be played out. So you have like this. This is the angel I love, and then this is a weird girl I want to fuck. Probably I'm dead inside Albert for the most part. I like I just I don't I I I, I oh, dude I'm. Uh, yeah, it's like every time I like get involved with a girl, especially here, it starts to go on that road, and I do enjoy spending time. I really like it, but then I'm like, oh, because like one night I'll be like, you know what? I'm not gonna go do this other open mic. I've done like two shows or you know two spots tonight. 
Um, and then I'm just like, you fucking, why are you in New York? What, you're here to do, you know what I mean? And then but you also got to have a life, man. None of those mics do anything. If all you're talking about is going to mics and how girls won't date you because all you do is go to mics. Boo. <laughs> Boo. I don't want to hear that comedy. I don't That's care not my comedy. how tight it is. Yeah. I want to hear someone be like, I am in love and it's fucking incredible. Wow. The world is bright again. I love That's what that I want to hear. Do you get sick of people? I get sick of people. Girls. All the time. Oh, yeah. Well, see, I think I spent so much of my time single. I spent most of my life completely single. Yeah. I spent years and years not yeah. even fucking. Just a absurdly nerdy, weird goblin person. So <laughs> now I might be too, like, a little too far gone. Okay. To where, like, the the amount of your lives merge when you're with a person is feels incredibly invasive. I would have gone, yeah. like, sometimes from dates, I just want to go home alone. Even if it's someone oh, I'm, like, he's my girlfriend. I love you that. You know? Yeah, but people don't like it. <laughs> I know. Uh, like, that's like like my time. Like, like, yeah. Even in that like little kid voice, my time. Like yeah. I like walk. Like I've seen the city through the eyes of Walker Shames. Like so many cool little things in the mornings. You know, walking. Yeah. You can't really have shame if you don't have pride. You know what I mean? But like so. But like you know, that's how I enjoy it. But like I, I love being freed up from it. Because like even with someone that's really cool, you're hanging out with. It's just always another thing. Yeah, and to at some point, I would like that. But the idea of, like, say, living with someone yeah. right now seems like an absolute nightmare. Have you ever but done that? No. Yeah. I mean, I've spent, like, two weeks at a time. I've yeah. gone vacations and stuff. That's all been fine. And that's been incredible. Someone you actually love, it's great. Um, I think a lot of the worry comes from the – I put all my eggs in a in a thing I'll call a career, but it's actually my life, like a hobby slash passion. Yeah. And so, like, on paper, this is not a career. And in, in my actual how I spend my time, it is, sure. Yeah. But, like, this is so uncertain. It may require changes in your life. Yeah. That, like, are only burdens to partners, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, hey, maybe I get a dream job, but that dream job, maybe I get to do warm-up, you know? Yeah. But it's only, it's for Conan, and I have to move to L.A. Yeah. And I would. I would move wherever to do, like, to get yeah. to do stand-up more. <laughs> Um, but like, then you now have to, if this other person in your life, they're like, I have to burden you with this decision. Do we move to like, I don't know. I, I kind of want things to be a little more certain, not that they'll ever get more certain, but I want to be able to like pay my rent doing stand up and know where my money comes from before I'm like burdening someone else with that life. That's how I, yeah. I just think too, is like, I just, it's such a weird life where if have you, do you ever, have you ever dated like within comics before? Um, not seriously. Well, I guess my my girlfriend and I moved out here was a comic. Okay. Um, I believe, it feels different in a small scene like that. I've dabbled here, yeah. and it's cool. I mean, I'm 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 very good at not being awkward afterwards because I, like I generally yeah. I like I only hook up with people that I like. Like I, I really mean yeah. that for the most part. And it, it, you can be the most attractive person on earth, but if what you're saying come out of your mouth, yeah, if I'm embarrassed to be like yeah, like people hearing what you say when we're in public. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's not really. What and I can like actually. I can watch someone's face like become unattracted to me if the way they're talking doesn't like if they're saying some ignorant yeah. shit, which I say ignorant stuff all the time, but like, still it's like this this has Dude, to be a double standard. I've I've been there, buddy. And yeah. I, I the whole people being cool to each other afterwards I think is a big thing of the culture here. Yeah, the respect thing. Really like, yeah. yeah, of like, oh, you slept with someone, like it doesn't have to be a we either get married or never talk to each other again thing. <laughs> we can be. I remember human. like older dudes that, cause I was hung out with older people, which is pretty common skateboarding when I was younger. And I remember the kids my age would get really weird when they'd like hook up with the girls afterwards. 
guys, my yeah. girlfriends over there. And uh, I remember thinking, like, this, this, that's not the right way. And then talking to older heads about it, and they're like, no, dude, that's the fucking, that's amateur. You got to keep yeah. it cool. And yeah. it's not even like a, you're not, it's not manipulation. It's just like, it's just a respect thing. That's no, why I like yeah. it, though. And then not immediately expecting something from them because you've had sex. Or not yeah. immediately expecting sex because you had a nice moment together. And but it's like treating. Has um, it gone bad before, like, with you? Before have you had that, that, like, where you walk in and it's very awkward? Um, well, I mean, it's different because like we left our scene and moved here and then broke up. Okay. Um, and I've maybe run into her, her like once or twice since then. Is she still a comic here? I honestly have no idea what she's doing. Whoa. I don't think she's, I, if she's a comic, she's doing a really good job of never being where I'm at. And I'm, I mean, I'm out of it. Albert's <laughs> all over the place. Yeah, but I am mostly in Brooklyn. Maybe she's doing something in Manhattan. She was more like theatery and performance art. Okay. Like, uh, I think mine did when she moved here. Okay. Cause she had a really good friend who was in the theater world and she was incredible at like, she had good stand-up, but she was fucking incredible at building, like, a whole scene to oh. show someone. And that oh, was cool. Really, that's what was really, like, entertaining, I found, about her. Uh, I'm, I worded that worse once to her. She got really mad at me. I was like, because I was surprised that she also had a good half hour. And I was like, oh, you, you do do this. And she was like, that was probably not the right thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just weird. It's such a weird, because comedy is so subjective. And, like, your rules are your own. And so even. Yeah. I also only do this thing. So I. I don't just assume everyone else who does a few open mics is a good stand-up or is a stand-up, you know? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I was like kind of the shitty, like, ego in me being like, if you don't do this, like, I do this, and you don't fucking do It don't do fucking matter. Yeah. What I got here is like a race to get comfortable on stage. I was like, this repetition. Yeah. Hundreds and hundreds, of, you know, like hundreds of shows in a month or hundreds of mics, stage, whatever yeah. the fuck, just stage, shit, shit. Like, and then you're like, okay, and then you go on a trip, you come back, like, okay, I'm comfortable now. Let's get the writing dialed down. And then you, get, you find that, like... You know when you're like, it's like that New York, it's like the New York, it's like the fire when like when it's just you're working on new stuff and you're just like so productive and you're just, uh, it's going. Yeah, and I, you can go up like the, there's no better feeling than getting to try something you've been excited about all day. Yeah, and having something kind of go wrong and then being like, I have more times to try this. Today. Yeah, I know. Oh. You can like it only takes like an hour to wipe the shit taste out of your mouth. That's like the first fat. I think Facebook status update I remember when I lived here was like. This is what you guys, this is what they don't tell you about New York comedy. Like, you only have to wait an hour to fucking bomb again. It's so great. Yeah, I love that part. What do you see future-wise? What do you want to do? Um, highest aspiration. Okay. Well, highest aspiration. Yeah. Fuck, man. I don't know. I always, like, picture myself doing it, like, probably hosting something. Yeah. Uh, like, a, a weird show. Like, I really love what Chris Gethard did with, with his show. Um, I don't know if I would be the same, like, vein of that. Yeah. But very much... Not just hosting like a late night show or something that's very like formulaic. Okay. I want to host like an Albert experience. Damn. Um, and every time I've thought of what that might be, it's always been the Chris Gethard show so far, like just a worse version of that. Yeah. So I just kind of throw that in the background and then let that idea mall over the years. Yeah. But I have like, uh, like really what I want to do is I want to release a 45 minute album completely improvised. Um, nice. And before that, I want to release this like a five, seven minute EP completely improvised to show people that like, you know, you got to like, it's hard because if you tell, like every time I have this conversation with comics, all I can see on their face is they're like, oh, you just don't want to write. And I'm like, kind of no, technically, but I also want to like, I still want to do well, you know, like yeah. I'm still trying to like get the crowd to just like pop. And for the five to seven, where's your dream uh, venue for that? You know, I don't know because I've seen some venues I like, but I've seen shows that don't really get enough people there. Yeah. So I'm thinking, you know, what I might do is I do a monthly show at a place called Tar Heel Lounge. Okay. Tar Heel Comedy. We yeah. Got coming up on the I've heard about this. this month. It's yeah. Well, sick. You have to send me the info on LinkedIn. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Yeah, we got uh, and near the end of this month, and it's fucking sick. And uh, all the kids that go to it are really cool. Yeah. Um. So I think that would be a cool place to do it. Uh, the problem is that I, they've seen me perform every month, and it's like the same people forever. So like, material isn't gonna hit as hard. Okay. So I don't know something small, something small and like basement. Yeah. Quality. Like. And then what? Do honestly, you if you can get people into Karma, I would love to record it at Karma. That place is cool. I really, it's like it's dirty, and it, I you thought can it was smoke in there. I love it. I, <laughs> I love like it. that one too. When I, get, I like them. I've done mics. I think. I've done eh, nothing recently, but who there's shows there, right? Um, right? Am I crazy? No, I don't have a show there. No, there's shows there. Though. Oh yeah, there's a bunch of shows. Yeah, there. okay, yeah, okay. There's, okay, like, okay. there's like two a day. Yeah, uh, and then there's some the mics too. So yeah, yeah. I, I just know I did one. And I was like, wow, this place is dope. Yeah, I'm so, I'm a big fan of it. I just like I just like basements. Really, I have a very little like what I like in a comedy room. Other yeah, than small and like low. It's basement, and it, this is but this stuff like. This stuff just needs people. Like yeah. This room would be incredible. It's incredibly fun, I'm sure. Yeah, when it packs out. When it's yeah. empty, it is empty. I did a... So I produced... When I stopped getting booked as much because I was trying yeah. to be an idiot, um, I first produced like a show where I closed out for a half hour with my buddy, Jeff Mackin. Okay. Who's like... Anyone here who's like over 30 probably at some point knows someone who knows him yeah. or knows him. He's like a crazy, insane, inspirational person. Hell yeah. Um so he, he got me all excited to do that. We did like a one one off show and it went really well. And then I got really cocky and was like, I'm going to go produce a huge show. I'll get a headliner. We'll get this like, it's the venue where they do that pencil fighting show. It's called Rebar. It's like yeah. where Kyle Kinane will go if he's in town. Wow. It's a big, it's like a room like this, but bigger. Yeah. Uh, same style of stage. And six people showed up to it. Wow. Yeah. I had no idea how to promote. I had no idea what to do to get people out to that show. Um, six people, all of which I knew personally came and we did it. We did it right to them. It was so brutal. There, that's brutal, but you got to do it. You can't just yeah. call it quits. And they were really like cool. Like we made them laugh. Yeah. And all the comics were cool about it. It was just minorly and financially devastating. Oh, I can't imagine that. It's just so weird when you put yourself out there to do a show. Like I'm just starting yeah. to talk to like doing one and you're just like oh here we go like this is another thing it's yeah. like especially with the podcast being weekly everything going on you're like oh shit but you you have to do it here you don't yeah. have to do it but I, I just think you should i just want to i'm trying to start a weekly so i have a workout room yeah I host a lot i can perform a bunch i love the idea of a residency that would be great you know um it's hard because they only pick like one people for one person for a, a chunk of time. Yeah. Uh, but the pit does residencies. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I, yeah, I don't really go cool. to that mic anymore. And for other reason, I'm just lazy. Yeah. I always do the Creek at 11th versus that one. I like that. That was the first place I ever did stand up in New York City. Really? It's a 3 p.m. mic on the Saturday that I moved here, January oh, 1st. Yeah. Crazy. Um, That's crazy. January 1st? January 2nd, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, but. Yeah, right now I just want to, I'm just going to keep trying to do as much stand-up as possible until I meet someone that can help me get a warm-up gig, and then I don't know. Yeah. I don't really know. Even even the idea of being like, I want to do warm-up feels like I'm saying no to other stuff. Yeah. I don't, I don't want any fucking comedy job. I just want to, like, stop attempting. Yeah. <laughs> I got a very long road ahead of me, though. It's okay. What's uh, upcoming shows as we're wrapping up here? Um... Well, I got the 29th is the next Tar Heel. Okay. Um, it's a surprise birthday takeover by Carolyn Yost, who's this really funny person. Yeah. Brother. Um, and she's got a bunch of awesome people on it. I think he's confirmed. God, if he's not, and I fuck this up, whatever. But Joel Kim Booster is going to come what? by. What? Um, it's going to be great. And then I have, I'm just going to be on around a few other spots. I'm yeah, doing it at Carmine Comics uh, next Wednesday. That's uh, the comic book store. Yeah, that's the coolest comic book so store. So rad. Yeah. And they yeah. do shows there. It can only fit like three people. Yeah. Uh, that's show. my favorite, though. It. We do, used to do a story telling workshop there but i'm doing a thing where i go and pitch a cult with steve uh it's a steve uh, uh piccolomini's yeah um 
uh, show and you go and you just like pitch a cult and then he uh, at the end they decide who uh, which cult they join damn that's, that's cool where's fun. that at uh, Carmine Comics oh that one's uh, at Carmine yeah. okay cool and awesome. then on, on 20th I do another monthly show uh, with my buddies uh, the, the people who did that sketch yeah uh, Nick J. Canna yeah and we do that at Taste Wine Co oh cool uh, around 8 they do like a wine tasting and then we do we do a show nice um, it's really rad we've done two of them so far they've completely packed out um, nice yeah it was a, a bonkers it was like no one showed up no one showed up boom room full um, damn that's gonna be great I'm doing just a set on that so that'd be cool. nice and I'm, my, my goal right now is I'm gonna tape all of these shows I'm on and just, I just right now, very simple. I need to work on getting a tape. Yeah. A better tape. I got rejected from a bunch of stuff and it's purely cause I keep sending a bad tape to people. And so that's my goal now. And it's then really I'm just going to, I'm going to try and I don't know, break in the clubs or something. Where, uh, where can they find you online? Online, um, at Albert chairman on Twitter and Instagram, uh, facebook.com slash Albert delicious. Nice. Uh, I've had that way too long. <laughs> And, um, you know, this isn't me anymore, but I helped start this when I was in Seattle and it's a really cool comedy project called radio LARP. Okay. And it's like they're, uh, the radio plays like you, you write out scripts and you read them for a live crowd. We what? started this as a live plays and like we started, it was called flight space seven. It was a sci-fi spoof show. Me and these two dudes, we get a bunch of people and we like, then after we did a few of them, we were making props and everything. We were going, going for oh, it. I love it. Uh, we realized we're not great at acting or memorizing lines. So we're losing <laughs> a lot of the jokes. So we started yeah. just reading them into the mic as a radio play. Okay. And they, they're awesome. They're so fucking cool. And the uh, Doug Gale and Ryan Casey are still pumping them out. And it's one of the neatest things. Where's that recorded at in Seattle? Uh, Scratch Deli, which is oh, sweet. Uh, all, and now I think it's all comic owned and it's this badass sandwich shop and they do so many cool projects there. It's got a, it's got a history. It used to be the people's Republic of coffee. Like it has a deep Seattle comedy history. Uh, okay. You know, like Scott Moran. Yeah. Uh, he helped start a show called laugh hole that was run by the people's Republic of comedy which was like a big part of that coffee shop. That Seattle scene is amazing. Yeah. That's There's a there. good history there. Monica Nevy, past guest. Funny. Oh, yeah. She's in LA now though, but yeah. she's, uh, yeah. she's amazing. A bunch of people moved to LA. If you yeah. Tyler uh, Smith. Yeah. Tyler's great. Dope show, baby. <laughs> yeah. That, Dude, that thing is huge. That, that is we were there. Uh, Tamara did it when we were there. It really? was fucking, it was so funny. It was like, I was dying. Like, I want to go back for it. I did the, there's another one called the Billy's. Yeah. Uh, Billy just did a comedy special. Show. I saw Yeah. Um, I, I saw him in LA and then like the next day around the summer in LA in July. And then the next day I saw his Facebook that he got his car broken to like everything stolen. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's like, Oh, that's, that's a man. tough beat for on the comment. road too. Jeez. Yeah. Like, gnarly. You don't have anything. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Um, any other finding parting words? Um, we got here. No, thanks for doing this. I'm looking forward to eating a shit ton of these little chocolate eggs. I know. We've crushed so many of them. Um, I'm in Albany, uh, Thursday for two shows, two half hours. It'll be really fun. And oh, then yeah. I'm on a Pete's candy store, which is in Brooklyn here. Have you done that? Gabe? I haven't done years? it, but oh, I love the, God, the so venue. Sick. Really? Chris Gethar was there. I was really? recently when I was, I was like, yeah, oh, dude, the guy's so those guys, Pete's been awesome. Um, and then for all this is at this is Max White, and then this is maxwhite.com for other updating uh, upcoming things. Thanks, Albert. Appreciate you coming by, man. Let's see these drop legs. Bye, everybody. Bye. Max White, everyone. See something funny? It wasn't funny. I guess I'll just call it Max White presents. I guess it's decent. Yeah, Max White presents will work.